Hello and welcome back to Paranormal Hotline, the weekly paranormal podcast. And what a paranormal week it has been. My name's Kaylee and I'm joined by my co-ghost, Ashin. Hello. Every time I do that, I gesture like you're here with me, but you very rarely are. <laughs> I, I am here with you're there you, there in Kaylee. spirit. That's what matters. Yes. What's the crack, Ashin? How's your week been? Week's been good. I have bees. I oh, you got your bees, didn't them. you? I got my bees, yeah, yes. Yeah, how's that? Are they uh, behaving? So that's kind of exciting. They are actually. They're quite well behaved. I thought I'd be getting stung the whole time, but I haven't. And that's with a curse on me. So That's true. Yeah. Jeez, you're really going all out. You have a curse on you and you went flying <laughs> and you bought bees. <laughs> Could have gone my girl really quick. <laughs> I had a loan of a box and I put it up on the, the ditch. Right. And a swarm was attracted to it. Whoa, that's really so cool. I got bees for free. Nice. I say that and then I spent like a load of money on like new hive stuff. So. Yeah, well, you, you paid for a house for them. They're not going to not use it. So nothing paranormal this week. You didn't see any UFOs, flying saucers, anything in the sky. Not not in my personal locale. No, what does that mean? I thought you were seeing them from a distance I, I or something. So I feel like we couldn't make an episode this week without discussing the big news that has come out in the past week. And that's the pretty substantial news regarding UAPs and possible extraterrestrial existence on Earth. So that's kind of, I feel like that's quite big news to cover. That's huge news, I think. Uh, this all comes from a man named David Grush, who until April this year was a high-level military intelligence official. He was working in the Department of UAP Investigations. So, pretty high up there. Uh, that's pretty much the job that I want, really. <laughs> David Grush uh, had direct experience working and heading UAP investigations for the Department of Defense. And he has whistleblowed. I don't know if that's a word. I wrote that down. <laughs> that he has... He has blown the whistle. blown a whistle that he has had direct knowledge or has reviewed official military documents of a recovery program of non-human-made crafts, which is insane. It's really, really cool, really, really cool news to be getting. And terrifying at the same time. It it is. Uh, His claims are being backed up by other members of the intelligence officials. Uh, They, like, are corroborating his story, both on and off the record. So some people are just, like, not officially saying it. Uh, He's also testified to Congress under oath for 11 hours. So why is that so substantial? Like, people have come forward before and, like, nothing's been done about it. Uh... Congress has not been told any of this, which has sparked a call for investigation as to, like, as that that would be illegal withholding that information from Congress, basically. So that's mm-hmm. kind of why it's in the news at the minute. And that's why you're hearing so much about it. Multiple people from different levels of intelligence agencies all whistleblowing something is going on and corroborating what the others are saying. So they're kind of saying, yeah, this is happening. What he's saying is true. And it's pretty bloody terrifying stuff to be honest sorry like regardless of you know the outcome of that whether it's true or false if that leads to an investigation it's because yeah people aren't being told stuff potentially like that that's wild as well like what like what form of government is that? yeah exactly that's the thing like, <laughs> you know it, that's what's wild about it like itself yeah it's like, how does that work like <laughs> why is that you know? yeah that's that's the question that is the big question So we've had stuff like this before, other people from the military coming forward and saying that they've seen things, but this one is much more substantial and it seems to me that it was 
planned with those previous whistleblowers in mind. Like, it seems mm-hmm. to me that David Grush knew that he would be ridiculed and called a liar, and he's kind of prepared for that, from what I can see. Um, and he seems to have, like, all the proof of his qualifications and, like, all of his stuff in order before he came forward with all this. Like, he went to Congress and stuff before he became public with it all, which is just... Okay. It's cool. Uh, like, when we compare what he's doing here to what Bob Lazar did, like, it's much more official and reputable and, you know, it's a much more reputable he's way taking... of coming forward with information about UAPs, whereas, like, Bob Lazar just kind of went on the news. <laughs> yeah, he's taken, like, whatever proper channels there is for it, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. So, David Grush did an interview with Debrief, and here are some of the things that he had to say. Grush told Debrief that analysis that this material that the US government has is of exotic origin, meaning that it's non-human intelligence, whether extraterrestrial or unknown origin. So we know for sure that whatever they have is not human. Grush said that the recoveries of partial fragments through and up to intact vehicles have been made for decades through to the through to the present-day government, its allies and defense contractors, based on the vehicle morphologies and materials science testing, and the possession of unique atomic arrangements and radiological signatures, he said. So... That's wild. Yeah, just wild. Like, beyond our comprehension, pretty much. Like, I presume it's like, you know, the the structure of... They're not, like, new atoms that they're finding, are they? No, I don't... don't We don't know think so i'm not that's, i'm not qualified to like say re- separate from this report there's other people who claim that this is going to be so doctor who some of the ships are bigger on the inside <laughs> you know take that with a pinch of salt but um what is it it's a uh, dimensionally transcendent yeah so i don't i don't know i assume like some of the technology is so far like would be at least hypothetically so far out of our reach that It'd be like giving an ant a gun. Like, it wouldn't know what to do with it. Like, yeah. it wouldn't even know where to start. And it wouldn't be able to, like, recreate it and make it. But I don't know. That's just... Yeah, and any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Yeah, exactly. Grush said the military had even discovered dead pilots of these crafts. He said, Believe it or not, as fantastical as that sounds, it's true. I also... I think I read somewhere else that, like, not all the pilots were dead, but there was just pilots found in some of the crashes which is terrifying chilling well you know (laughs) the funny thing is like it always whenever you hear about a crashed pilot it's always the alien greys the little men yeah why are they crashing so much they're like the worst drivers in the solar system yeah maybe they're just the shit drivers of the like having the technology that like your your ship can be bigger on the inside you think they'd have like some sort of crash prevention technology or something like right (laughs) like a tesla has that maybe (laughs) Oh, well, but they crash. They do crash. They actually, yeah, it's a bad... Maybe Hopefully there's, like, grey Elon Musk out there and, like, he's <laughs> sold them all this, this shit technology. Uh, but, like, you're the, on the other side of the galaxy so you can't actually download the update to Oh, no. <laughs> they can't connect. <laughs> you don't pay your subscription. I really hope it there's just, not... Like, it gets turned off. Alien grey Elon Musk <laughs> out there somewhere. That's, that's actually the scariest thing we've ever mentioned on the podcast. We'll have no other ramification. Call to war. <laughs> uh, David Grush has also said that there is a sophisticated disinformation program targeting the U.S. populace, so that the American government is basically trying to, you know, muddy the water. Like it seems for the longest time that the most reasonable answer to "Do you believe in aliens?" was always, you know, "I believe in aliens, but just not on Earth. They don't visit us," kind of thing. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. I feel like that public opinion has kind of shifted in recent years. And I think this is one of those pushes, pushes, like in the direction of disclosure. Like these kind of things keep coming out, and like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm gonna say regular people, like <laughs> people who don't listen to this podcast or paranormal shit, are seeing this stuff on their front pages. You know? Yeah, and it was the same when um, all, a lot of the footage was declassified. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on it, Oshin? Do you believe we have recovered crashed spaceships on Earth? Or how do you feel about them being in the US military's arms? <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm not good with yeah. that. You know, regardless <laughs> of what they are, like, I, I'm not happy about that. Um, I really hate, hate that like things are like, you know, potentially being going to be used for... It's an arms race. Use, that's yeah. what, uh, that's yeah, what David that, Grush described terrifying. it as. Um, I think he said something like it was an 80 years arm race with the with the recovered technology which is just terrifying when you think about it so i thought it'd be interesting on the podcast today to talk about a case that i think falls into this category it's a case that we briefly covered a few years ago but i always think about it when i think about ufo crash retrieval by the u.s government and i'm not talking about roswell i'm talking about the ufo crash in Varginha, brazil so the story begins 27 years ago in 1996 in Varginha. Brazil. So Varginha is a municipality deep inside Brazil's coffee region. So they make like an insane amount of coffee in this region. Like if you drink coffee, you've probably had coffee from this area. And on the 13th of January 1996, a week before the main event in Varginha, a pilot named Carlos de Sous from Sao Paulo sees an elongated and wingless craft less than 15 kilometers from Varginha. And he begins to visually follow the object which seems to be flying with some difficulty with an opening in its rear from which like, there's like smoke coming out of it. That's not a very good sign. No. Uh, he observed that the object disappeared the behind a hill at Fazden Miaulin. He observed that the object disappeared behind a hill. And later on that day, he was driving to see if he could find where the craft kind of fell. And he was taking an unpaved road when he sees several metallic wreckage parts being collected uh, in the pasture by the military. By the US military. There was two trucks, oh. a helicopter, and an army ambulance at the scene. A large piece of the crashed object the size of a car is placed onto the, a truck bed, so he sees all of this. They're not very good at covering this mm-hmm. up. Thousands of small pieces of debris littered the pasture, and Carlos is approached by soldiers asking him to leave and forget what he saw. On his way back, he stops at a gas station and is again approached by two men who advise him not to talk to anyone about what he witnessed. So immediately we got the men in black in this story. <laughs> I, I don't think I'd be able for that. Like that's already terrifying. Just people, yep. you know, talking to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, same. I, I'd be such a chicken. <laughs> so fast forward to January 20th, 1996 at 8.30 a.m. So it's early in the morning. Six men from the Varginha Fire Department are looking for an animal spotted by some people. Afterwards, the creature is seen moving slowly towards a eucalyptus plantation belonging to Mr. Jose Gomez. One man, a construction worker, Jose, witnessed the entire incident from the terrace of a home near the park and later told investigators that four firefighters cornered the creature with their nets, imprisoned it in a wooden box, and then handed it over to the military. Which is just nuts. (laughs) The creature is placed in a box in the back of a truck, covered with cloth or canvas, and emitted a kind of buzzing noise. Poor thing was stuck in vibrate mode. A big bee? <laughs> Just a massive a bee. bee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's weird to call the firefighters, though. They're firefighters, not it alien is. fighters. Fast forward to same day later on at 1pm. An unknown man, who we will just call Mr. X, 
not Charles Xavier, was walking through the region at the end of Jardim Andere and through the nearby pastures, and he spotted six men in military attire in search formation, carrying automatic rifles and other weapons close to the eucalyptus plantation where the first creature was captured. So he started running in search of a better vantage point, Mr. X, so that he could see what was happening. And while he was running, he heard three rifle shots. Just nuts. So they're still chasing another creature, basically. With malicious intent, it seems. Yeah, apparently, which is just nuts. So at 3.30 p.m., later on again, uh, three girls, around 16 years old, are taking a walk home. And as they pass by a mechanical shop, which is two blocks above the pasture and the eucalyptus field, so it's close enough to where the, the first sightings were, they stop in surprise in front of a creature whose skin shines as if it was smeared with oil. The being, with red and round eyes, bulge out of their sockets, without pupils or irises, crouched down beside the wall of the mechanic's shop, slowly turned its head towards the girls. Don't like that. So it had, like, brown skin, purple veins, uh, and standing at the height of their shoulders. So it was about four foot tall. With long, thin arms and huge feet. It has three rivets on its head, giving the impression of horns. So, uh... They said like horns, but it's kind of more like a, just like a ridge, three ridges on the top of the head. Okay. The girls described the creature as looking in pain. It almost looked like it was asking for help. Uh, They also reported that the creature had a foul smell, like it stank. They smelled it before they saw it, basically. The three girls screamed and then ran towards home, uh, just crying when they got in the door. I'm going to send you a picture of the uh, creature now. Yes. <laughs> That's actually a model kit of it, but it's the, probably the best drawing of it. Oh my goodness. Best depiction of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, terrifying. But it, it, it would have been more slick because it looked like it had kind of oil. Uh, mm. But it had like three toes. Oh, yeah. You see its yeah. feet kind of like it just pokes out into three. Uh, you can kind of see the ridges on its head there. I got what they mean by as well, though, by the, little, the bumps. Yeah. The end bumps, yeah. Uh, so in total, like it's kind of like an alien grey, but. It's like it's like a it cousin is. of the alien gray. It's like it's just terrifying. The red eyes, the the bumps on its head. If it was just gray in color with like black eyes and no bumps, it would be an alien gray pretty much. Yeah. Folks, if you're enjoying the podcast, think about helping us out by checking out our Patreon. Uh, we are an independent podcast, so we don't get funding from anywhere else. Uh, we both really enjoy doing this every week, and the Patreon really does help. Uh, it helps us keep the cost of the podcast running. Helps us upgrade our equipment. And everything really, really does help us. And if you are a Patreon already, thank you so much. Yeah, so the girls explained everything to their mother when they arrived home. And the mother just didn't believe them. And they brought her back to the spot where they found the creature. And when she arrived, there was no creature there. But the mother reported the eye-watering smell of ammonia. That was what she said the smell was. She was kind of like a little bit older than the girls. Like, absolutely dense smell of ammonia, she said. Uh, what do you think of the actual alien, though? The way it looks. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's spooky. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to be coming across him, you know. No, uh, though he's not the worst. You know, you, you could you could learn to be friends. But, <laughs> what about the smell? I mean, if he's friendly, you know, friendship Fair. conquers all. <laughs> uh, it's the red eyes kind of freak me out a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. It's very uh, Mothman esque red eyes. It is, yeah, yeah. Also, so, uh, it's just like from, like you know, media as a kid. If something has red eyes, 
it's evil, evil you yeah. know <laughs> and but then then I had like a, a Russian dwarf hamster and it was like had red eyes like of all the of all the UFO stories that we've covered I I feel sorry for this guy the most I feel like he was just lost and trying to get help but uh you know he's been chased by people with guns as well yeah is he the same as the thing that was already captured do we know uh, I, there was no description of the one that was already captured so we don't know but I assume so yes so at 5.30pm, two soldiers arrived where the three girls had seen the strange creature, and one of the officers who responded to the scene was called Marco Eli Shereze, and he was a 23-year-old member of the military police. And according to witnesses, Shereze grabbed and captured the creature, uh, and he threw it, threw it into the back of the truck, and they, they disappeared with it, and that was kind of like the last that it was seen in that area. But mysteriously, Shereze died some weeks later after the incident. Uh, His cause of death could not be determined and unidentified toxins were found in his body. So it's important to mention that like he did already have like, um, I think he had like a cyst on his face that was infected and he was getting treatment for the surgery that. It wasn't anything too serious, but he died uh, of toxins. There was something like 8% of unidentified toxins in his body, which is crazy. Hmm. Uh, investigators later wanted to exhume his body so that they could study it and see see what was, but it was refused by a judge for reasons of national security. Oh, what? what? Yep. So, bit suspicious. Uh, the girls who saw the aliens said that they were offered a substantial amount of money from the government to say that they were lying the entire time, uh, but they refused it. They also said that it has ruined their lives and that they are only known now as the girls who saw the alien and they struggle to find jobs or friends because of it but they also struggle with like the encounter itself kind of shook them okay it's upsetting for them yeah it's very it's very upsetting for them now they are quite open like they will talk to people about it there's plenty of interviews of them online talking about the incident but it never brought them any money or anything like that they've only ever said that it's caused grief for them they struggle to have friends and stuff because they're just known as those girls who saw the alien, you know? That's a bit sad. Yeah, it is It is pretty sad. Uh, there's accounts of two bodies being at the local hospital, uh, but then reported to have died and were taken away by the US military in boxes. So I, I don't know if they brought the aliens to the hospital to try and like save the one that was still alive. Well, the both of them were still alive, so to try and save them, but they just eventually died. There were so many witnesses in Varjana who say that they saw something that night. And the girls are still adamant that what they saw was not human. Like, there's so many people who say that they saw either the crash, uh, there was farmers who said that they saw uh, a UFO a couple of days before the crash that was in their field for 40 minutes. So there's a long time. lots of witnesses. So what do you think, Oshin? Do you think like an alien crashed into this small town in Brazil? Oh, I should say as well, before you say yes or no, uh, one of the things that they said the alien was uh, was a homeless man. <laughs> okay. There's a, there was That's a man it. who had like mental health issues who lives in the area. He actually still lives in the area. He's still healthy and well. And um, they claim that it was him, <laughs> which I just find ridiculous because there's no that, way. No, you'd be hard pushed to try make that of that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, especially if it looks like because like you know you could go with like a mistaken identity sort of thing, but like. You know, the eyes and, and the the glistening nature of him. Yeah, like, they got a good look at it, too, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't running away. It was just kind of cowering in the corner, kind of. So, what do you think, Oshin? Do you think it, it happened? 
I'm thinking something definitely fell out of the sky, like. Yeah. You know, it's think definitely it was... being picked apart. Yeah. It is funny that the that US many. military just happened to show up. <laughs> yeah, that that's wild. That that is the wild bit. And the uh the Brazilian government like acknowledges that the US government was there, but they just say it was like a training exercise or something. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna go yeah, I'm gonna go yeah on this one, I think. Really? <laughs> Maybe. That's like one of the first times you've ever said yes. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. No, you, know? you have to you have to you gotta pick a, pick a side, Ashin. Hop off the fence. I think this is one of the most compelling ones. There's a there's a very interesting documentary about it that I will send on to you if you are interested in learning more about it. I'm always interested in learning more, Kayla. You should know that. Yeah, if, like you're saying, the whole town. Yeah. But like, it's not bringing them anything, really. Not really. Uh, they have a water tower that's shaped like a UFO. That's actually brilliant. <laughs> Let me see if I can get it. But it's not like where they have like an economy based on it. Like uh, no, no. Like in uh, where was it? Belmez with the the faces appearing. No, it's nothing in like the that. There's no reason for them to be all in on it. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Why, it's, why it's aren't the all best water, water tower like ever? That? Yeah. <laughs> right. Have you ever seen the McDonald's at Roswell? Oh wow, that's spectacular. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really do like this case. I think it's uh, it, it. I think it's more credible now when you hear stuff like this coming out about the cover-ups and stuff. I, th- I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Virginia is probably one of the most likely cases. Yeah, you're swaying me, Kaylee. You're swaying me. Woohoo! <laughs> now I just got to get you believing ghosts. <laughs> yeah. It's uh. No, go- ghosts are a hard sell, I think. But uh, aliens, yeah. Aliens are yeah. the gateway drug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still want to see a UFO like you did. I think that would be unbelievable. We should go alien hunting. We should, (laughs) definitely. That is all we have time for this week, guys. Uh, If you have any of your own theories about it, send us an email at paranormalhotlinepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.